0: Hello, and welcome to Aging Matters, a program featuring timely topics for older adults and their families. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. Older adults who volunteer and engage in more hours of volunteering report higher levels of well-being. There is a strong relationship between volunteering and lower mortality rates, greater functional ability, and lower rates of depression later in life. Today, my guest is Stacy Iden. Program Manager with Retired Senior Volunteer Program, also known as RSVP, located in Northern Virginia. She's gonna talk about the value of volunteering for older adults and how RSVP Northern Virginia offers volunteer opportunities for older adults with local organizations in the community. She's also gonna describe AmeriCorps seniors and how to get involved with that group. So welcome, Stacy, and Thank you for joining me today.
1: Hi, Cheryl. Thank you for having me and appreciate the opportunity to be here. And you know, I wanted to share just quickly before we get started into our conversation that yesterday was designated as Martin Luther King Jr.'s Day of Service, and that is an official day of service that is about honoring Dr. King's life and legacy. And yesterday we were uh, participating in a large event in the Northern Virginia area, and we were with more than six hundred, seven hundred participants, that were coming together to learn about service in the Northern Virginia area. And it was just beautiful seeing all different ages coming together, working together. It was children and families learning about local nonprofits in the Northern Virginia area. But then our RSVP volunteers, which we'll talk about throughout the interview, uh, supporting them and participating. So very intergenerational. So it was lovely, again, just to see everybody working together. And MLK is not only certainly in our region, but was a national, a day of service yesterday. And it's the only federal holiday that is actually a day of service that is a day on and not a day off um, to encourage volunteers throughout the nation. So it's exciting to be here the day after that to talk about the importance of volunteerism and community service. So thank you for being here and thank you for having me.
0: Well, and thank you for that information too. Of course, this program will be broadcasting a week later. Um, But that's okay. I mean, it's a reminder of folks that volunteering is certainly important on Martin Luther King holiday, but on other days as well. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this program today is about volunteering amongst older adults. So let's talk a little bit about volunteering among older adults. And from the statistics that I've seen on the website, it's increased over the past five to 10 years. So Talk more about that. Why does that happen? And um is it really true that the image of older adults changes when they engage in volunteer work?
1: Yes. And I want to talk about volunteerism really from a general perspective as we then move into older adults because there are some trends uh, with volunteerism. And volunteerism is moving actually from a more formal way of volunteering into a more informal way, where uh, volunteers are supporting persons that more uh, live within their neighborhoods and that are in their direct kind of influence rather than with organizations. So um, we're finding actually, though, that the total number of volunteer hours served has declined actually since 2002. So we were at 8 billion hours in 2002, and now we're just at about 4.1 billion. So that's a huge economic and social loss that's affecting all of the generations. And When I talk about formal volunteering, formal is really when um, you're helping to connect to an organization that provides the services to support people. And those examples are like food pantries or banks, maybe tutoring or mentoring, teaching ESL classes, financial literacy. And actually, that rate has dropped by 7% from 30% in 2019 to 23.2% but um, informal volunteering actually is on the rise right now and um, especially with our older adults it's staying relatively steady right now and it was interesting um, statistically to find out that even during the pandemic that about 51 percent of americans that are age 16 and older are informally volunteering right now and they're doing that because of the flexibility to be able to do that, and then their responsibilities with helping out their family and neighbors in that. So as we hone in a little bit on our older adults, and again, giving you some numbers because this kind of shows the, the, the broad span of volunteerism nationally, is that America actually exceeds $122 billion of economic value of volunteer work. And older adults are the ones that are continuing to contribute that large percentage of that value. And As I said, though it fell for all of the age groups um, between 2002 and currently right now, uh, the older adults has remained uh, comparatively resilient through all of that. And we're finding that it's really that 65-plus population that has soared. And so that's moved from about 18.5% to 28.6% right now of persons that are doing that. And that's really interesting, actually, because um, we're finding that that age of population is actually having to work longer right now to be able to pay the bills and be able to afford to live. So while you would think that volunteerism in that age group would have declined, it actually has remained steady. And there are a lot of different reasons um, that that has happened for us. So the volunteers, older adults are... um, Sometimes ageism, and a lot of us have heard about that, that um, with ageism, it, it's it's about older adults not just being the, uh, the beneficiaries of services, but also the providers, because they have so much wisdom to contribute. And I had the pleasure in the summertime to be at AmeriCorps National Convening. And during that time, um, they brought in some older adults who were providing AmeriCorps volunteer service. And um, it was very interesting learning about how older adults are sometimes uh, thought of as not being interested in the outside world, but uh, there was uh, a, an AmeriCorps senior volunteer, Sean, who actually um, volunteers with Meals on Wheels, and um, he learned through his career in Air Force the importance that you have with not only your immediate family, but how important it is to care for everyone. So there's a lot of reasons around ageism that we can talk about um, with volunteers uh, wanting to and, and being more um, thought of um, in high regards with older volunteers volunteers.
0: And take that one step further, Stacy, as to the benefits of volunteering, the actual activity of what they do. And we want to talk more about some of those volunteer activities that older adults are often involved with. But describe the benefits and then move on to some examples of good activities that older adults can really roll up their sleeves and be involved with
1: you had suggested in your opening remarks Cheryl that there is a direct correlation between volunteering and overall wellness in older adults and that that is definitely true and the Mayo Clinic has done a lot of research around that and has found that um, that volunteering actually does improve both physical and mental health of those persons that are doing it because it keeps us moving and thinking at the same time and actually lowers the rates of depression and anxiety and isolation which are um, certainly trouble uh, for all persons, but certainly specific to our aging population. But there are a lot of benefits to that. You know, we talk about uh, giving adults a feeling of purpose. It's important to feel like you have purpose and meaning in life as an older adult. It's, you know, benefits of being able to meet new people and establish some relationships with them. We have a volunteer currently that uh, started volunteering locally with um, our Shepherd Center and Driving Volunteer volunteers, and, and she has started um, making relationships that are outside of her, her volunteerism. So she goes on walks with some of the clients that she serves and, and will even go have coffee, go have lunch with them. So it, it gives those uh, benefit of being able to be in relationships that you might not be able to have with your direct family or even in the neighborhoods in which you live. Um, also giving uh, volunteers, as we talked about, that increased Um, physical activity. If you're serving at a food bank, you know, you might be squatting and getting back up and lifting things. And that helps with certainly your physical um, health as well there. And you know, it helps to engage older adults with interests maybe that they had before they were working and that they didn't have time to continue to uh, pursue. And so they will be able to kind of step into some new directions. We talk about it in our program about dipping your toes in and learning about some other things and new things that they might not um, have been able to do and learning new skills. We have a volunteer right now with us who, who started out um, as a volunteer with call, then uh, run, and then he moved into being a board member and now has moved into being the board chair and loving it. So, again, just kind of new opportunities that increase again physical and uh, mental wellness in our older adults.
0: Are you also finding Stacy that older adult volunteers interested in working with say different populations could be children, it could be students, maybe immigrants, maybe homeless populations. Uh, what about that? Is that a preference that you see?
1: We talk about volunteerism being more about how do we find out the preferences of the person who wants to serve? And then finding out. And that goes back to Cheryl, just as you said, it goes back to uh, is there a passion, something that um, pulls on your heartstrings that you're really interested in? And then all of the, the different preferences that go around that your time availability, your flexibility, your skill set, all the things that kind of make it. So we ask our volunteers to really think about why. Why do they want to volunteer? And then there are all kinds of organizations doing all kinds kinds of good work. And so then it's finding that right match uh, that makes it um, beneficial for both the organization receiving that volunteer service as well as the volunteer who's providing that service to them.
0: Well, and let's look now, you've been talking about your organization. So let's hear a little bit more about RSVP Northern Virginia. What's the story behind your organization? How did it get started? Uh, What do we need to know?
1: RSVP Northern Virginia is a service and volunteer program. So we're uh, we're specifically for older adults age 55 and better. And so it's all about improving the lives of our neighbors throughout the community, looking at what are those mes- most pressing challenges and then how can our volunteers step in to meet those needs. So each um, RSVP program nationally needs to have a host or a sponsor organization. And so we are hosted by Volunteer Fairfax, and um, and we've been with Volunteer Fairfax for over 12 years. And Volunteer Fairfax is a service organization, a volunteer action center, if you will. Been in service for uh, 50 years, actually, this year, celebrating their anniversary. And so, you know, we are about um, finding opportunities in the community and connecting the volunteers to it. We have a geographical service area in the Northern Virginia area, so we're focused on Fairfax County. We're also serving Arlington County, the cities of Fairfax, Alexandria, and Falls Church right now. And so RSVP is funded by a um, federal grant, and it's through AmeriCorps Seniors. And so really, our volunteers like to think of it often as a matchmaker, a placement service. So we're recruiting adults age 55 and better, and then we're finding the organizational needs out in the community that can use these types of volunteers with all their different skill sets and then we're connecting them and another benefit of our RSVP program is that it is it's about Putting um, a community of like-minded adults, older adults together who can benefit from um, each other um, and socially benefit from each other as well through many different ways that we connect with them, engage with them on a regular basis.
0: If I'm sharing you correctly, the so-called RSVP program are actually all over the country as well.
1: Absolutely, they are. That Retired and Senior Volunteer Program is a national program of, of AmeriCorps Seniors, and it's just one of the programs of AmeriCorps Senior. They have had they have actually three different programs. There's a foster grandparent program and a senior companion program as well. But as you said, these are national programs. So while we're connecting volunteers in the Northern Virginia area, these opportunities happen uh, throughout the nation in all different kinds of areas, both urban and in rural areas. And so there are opportunities for volunteers, as I said, that are 55 years of age and older that are looking for that community of volunteers, that community of like-minded persons to gather around and be able to make some impact in the larger community. Cheryl, one of the things that we do um, to continue to kind of build that relationship among the volunteers And to build that relationship outwards toward the community um, is to engage these volunteers. We call them Welcome Wednesdays as part of our program where our volunteers come in monthly on a regular basis and they they work on a group service project together that benefits one of the organizations in the community. And then they just they're in conversation together. They're comparing their stories of volunteerism and support and how they're working in the community. And it's a a time for them to learn about new ways um, to engage with each other and to engage with other organizations. So that's been beneficial, again, for our volunteers.
0: And if listeners are interested and are outside of Virginia or the Northern Virginia area, would they find out about the RSVP program in their area by going on to the AmeriCorps website? And what is that address?
1: Yes, it's americorps.gov is all that it is. So if you go to AmeriCorps.gov, there are a number of links on there that Uh, Our listeners could uh, find uh, uh, current uh, volunteer opportunities through the AmeriCorps Senior Programs and all the ones that I talked about, be that RSVP program, the Senior Companion Program, or the Foster Grandparent Program. In the Northern Virginia area, we only have the RSVP program that's represented. Uh, We don't have those other two uh, programs, but throughout Virginia, they certainly are located in those areas, but nationally located there as well.
0: And we're going to be talking more about that on the second half of this program. But I wanted to get back to the local RSVP program here. And perhaps this is relevant even for programs throughout the country. But how does the RSVP program recruit nonprofit and county partner organizations that are seeking volunteers? Do you go out and find them or do they come to you or how does that work?
1: Yeah, great question. And it's really both. Uh, You know, AmeriCorps, as they uh, give the grants or um, provide the grants to the grantees, uh, they require that we establish work plans and performance measures that are aligned with community needs. So we do a community assessment. This is a three-year grant. And so um, every three years, we're going back out into the community assessing what are the needs, what are the challenges, and how can our RSVP volunteers or how can AmeriCorps volunteers impact the needs of the community? And so uh, volunteer stations are recruited in that way. Um, to be able to help meet the goals that we set for the grant. And so, you know, right now there are current goals that we have that are focused around economic development right now, around education. We're looking at aging in place. How do we help older adults remain in their homes for longer? We're looking at obesity and food. How do we help um, with food I mean, food preferences, priorities, food banks, uh, food pantries? And um, as we look into our new grant, we'll be also um, expanding to look at capacity building and disaster services. So that's how we kind of gauge the organizations that we're partnering with. So while there are a number of nonprofit and different organizations throughout the community that certainly could benefit from our RSVP volunteers and AmeriCorps volunteers, we're really honing in on What are the challenges in the community? How is our program going to meet those challenges? And then how are these specific volunteers really going to show impact? Because the grant requires that we show the impact that these volunteers are having in the community. So if an organization is interested in partnering with us, we do have a process. Uh, We go through a process of just really uh, kind of determining interest, our interest in the nonprofit and their interest in our volunteers and our program, and determining whether it's going to be mutually beneficial for everybody involved. Then there is a memo of understanding that has to be on file with our organization, with the program, RSVP program, and the organization. And then we also require an accessibility and safety checklist to be completed uh, by the organization. And that's so that we know that our volunteers are going into an environment where it's going to be safe for them, where it's going to be accessible uh, for them as older adults, especially. And then the uh, volunteer station will participate actually in a orientation to our program. And that's where we uh, schedule an hour with our nonprofit or a site visit with our nonprofit partner. And we'll, we'll really get to know the organization and specifically what are their needs and volunteer needs that are specific that um, our older adults might be able to serve.
0: And I was just wondering whether or not there might be certain organizations or activities that are not acceptable. What would we need to know about that?
1: Because it is a grant and it's a federal grant, there are very specific guidelines and regulations that guide what we can do and who we can partner with. And so, you know, there is a, a specific criteria around who we can partner with, and that can be public or private nonprofits um, are the types of volunteer We call them volunteer stations. So these are the organizations that we're talking about, but they're called volunteer stations with all of the senior core programs that we talk about. We can also partner with uh, propi- proprietary Um, healthcare organizations and governmental agencies so those are the ones and what i'm talking about kind of are you know before and after school programs work for us elementary schools we can uh, we can partner with them food banks and pantries we can be with hospitals and medical centers and shelters for homeless those are the kind of programs head start programs meals on wheels programs those work for us But those that don't work for us um, to be partners through RSVP are more informal groups that have not established themselves because we are required um, that if the organization can be licensed or certified that they must be. And so just an informal group of private homes uh, don't work for us. And, you know, our volunteers cannot be involved in working with um, a kind of religious or secretarian or sectarian kinds of activities uh, that uh, they're involved in. And they can't be uh, working on political activities either. So, again, those are things that we stay away from or areas that we stay away from. And really the key thing for a a partner organization with us is that it has to be located within the service area or provide services within the area that um, our program is designated to to provide um, for the the national grant. And then also that um, we require that the partner organization have a supervisor or a volunteer coordinator that is directly assigned to our volunteers so that there is a relationship and a direct engagement that benefits our volunteers when they are serving in those kinds of roles.
0: And so this kind of information about what you just described for those that are not acceptable, you you get that information initially to make sure that you don't need to go through the whole process, and then after you've done certain preliminary activities you suddenly go oh no I'm I'm sorry you can't uh, participate
1: that's right that is correct the the memo of understanding is one of the first and and foremost uh, documents that is provided to the nonprofit and that is a it's a two and a half page document that um, provides specifically what our organization or the program, will provide. And then it also states what that organization that might want to partner with us is going to need to provide. And, you know, another thing that um, comes to mind is that we are all about collecting information and data. And so the uh, organization has to have some kind of mechanism in place uh, to be able to provide um, back to us the, the type of data that we need to be able to report out on the grant to AmeriCorps.
0: We talked about the kinds of organizations that are interested in having volunteers, but now, Stacy, let's turn to how you help older residents in the community and RSVP programs around the country. How do they learn about these volunteer opportunities? How do you get the word out?
1: we're publicizing really anywhere that we can. So we're talking to um, groups of individuals. We're uh, putting information in local libraries. We're connected to any local media sources that we can. So any way that we can spread the word about our uh, program for uh, volunteers age 55 and better, we're out there doing that. And then once a volunteer or a potential volunteer hears about our program, we bring them in for an information session because, uh, you know, the program is specific. I, I was uh, kind of referencing earlier in our uh, discussion about the specific areas that these volunteers are serving. So we are not we're not serving all areas and all types of volunteer positions. We're 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 very directed. Uh, toward having impact in the community in very specific areas. So we will bring a volunteer, a potential volunteer in for an information session. We will uh, talk to them. We'll give them an overview of the, the the program itself, an overview of AmeriCorps and how they would be connected nationally to a group of of persons serving in that way. And then we talk about the partner organizations that we have locally and, and determining whether these are really uh, areas by which they feel like they want to serve and be engaged in that. And then after they go through that process, uh, they can actually continue to get information from us and continue to learn more. But as I said, you know, we're a matchmaking service, a connector. So we're continuing to, to talk to our volunteers to make sure that their uh, placements are going well. What do they need? Do we need to shift them to someplace else? So, you know, we're communicating with them on a regular basis. We do those Welcome Wednesdays that I talked about where they come in and um, we will invite organizations to actually come speak about their mission and services so they can get to know more. We have a bi-monthly newsletter that goes out. We're on social media. so really, anywhere that we can spread the word get a volunteer that has interest coming to us and learning about us and then determining whether it's a good match and fit for them
0: and is there a geographic requirement uh, if if you given that you are RSVP Northern Virginia, must uh, the volunteer be uh, reside in Northern Virginia?
1: In or near is what the regulation says. So somebody that uh, certainly resides within our service area, which I said is kind of the Fairfax, Alexander, Arlington areas, um, certainly. And, and if you're close by, you know, we've got a volunteer that did live in the area and uh, was uh, committed to serving and had made a, a great relationship with one of our organizations. They moved a little bit outside of the area um, and they're continuing to serve in our program and record their hours with us toward our grant. So, yes, um, in or around the area is ideal.
0: And also, again, as part of the application process, is there some questions about what their knowledge is, maybe what they did when they were still working? Do they have particular kinds of skills? Uh, and and of course, the other thing I'm sure people will always want to know is, is there a time commitment?
1: Yeah, there's, you know, skills and knowledge base that everybody's different and every opportunity is different. So, you know, we're looking for people with all kinds of skills, all kinds of knowledge that want to apply that directly to their volunteer opportunity. But we find with older adults who are retiring um, and entering into this new phase of life that that they may want to find a way to engage in something that is completely different um, than the skills and the knowledge base that they had while working. So, yes, you can have all kinds of skills. And it's really, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the why. Why do you want to volunteer? And then let's see what all of the different uh, kind of criteria that you have on your list. And then how do we match that to an organization? From a time commitment perspective, as you ask, For an RSVP program and our program specifically, the requirement is one, one time over the course of a single grant year. So each year we require that you volunteer at least once with us, but it can be up to 40 hours weekly that you can put on your timesheet and be able to record your hours with us. So um, that number, um, it varies and it varies again, dependent upon the person. We have some of our volunteers that come in just for these welcome Wednesdays that I talked about to work on group service projects. That's their volunteer service where we have other volunteers that are connected to an organization on a recurring, ongoing basis and serve in that way. And then we have volunteers that do all of it, um, that want to participate in all kinds of ways. um, And we are certainly open to that as well.
0: And I was wondering right now at RSVP, uh, Northern Virginia, are there certain volunteer opportunities that are always available? And I'm thinking not only maybe at your organization, but just in general, that sometimes it's really hard to get volunteers to to do X or Y. Um, So this is an opportunity to share what you all are looking for, but maybe even more, again, generically, might there be certain activities that You're always looking for volunteers, and not only in Northern Virginia, but in other RSVP programs around the country.
1: Our program, again, specifically, we have goals, but some of those goals are what you're talking about nationally, are goals by which um, persons need to be involved and engaged in service. And so, uh, you know, we're looking for uh, tutors and mentors. There's always a place children need that type of support, especially from older adults. That intergenerational uh, capacity for building relationships is key, key to the success of children. And so, again, we find great great impact um, in the community with our volunteers doing that. We've also found in every community has uh, a need for persons to be involved in helping with food banks and food pantries. So that's always something that all communities are looking for, and we specifically are doing that. transportation that's a huge one, um especially in the Northern Virginia area, but I would think also in a lot of um other areas as well that you know our adults, older aging adults want to continue to live in their homes but give up driving and and still need to get to medical appointments and to the grocery store and to just critical needs that they have, and so we are constantly recruiting for uh, transportation for drivers. And we have worked, partnered with several organizations throughout the Northern Virginia area that provide that type of service. So those are big ones. It's interesting, you know, a lot of the uh, nonprofits and the organizations um, that we partner with and that provide volunteer services, there's a place for persons that are kind of frontline who are providing that direct service uh, to the clients. But there needs to be people that are doing administrative and clerical work. In the background to help support those persons to do their work, and so uh, always looking for clerical and administrative, receptionist uh, types of positions as well. So those are some of the, the the kind of the key ones that are general. And you know, in 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 other areas throughout the nation, certainly looking at your local and state parks um, are always looking for volunteers. Animal shelters need that type of service. Community gardens and farm markets. We we have farm markets here in the, the local Northern Virginia area, and in the summertime, we're recruiting um, for our volunteers to do that. So, you know, and in, in, in just providing companionship. We've got organizations um, that provide Meals on Wheels programs. That's a national program and, and, and can, again, drive, transport the meal, but then providing that type of support system and companionship to the older adult when they arrive to their home. So, again, just all kinds of ways uh, that volunteers can support. Serve.
0: I just wanted to focus on the one activity because I'm sure maybe that listeners would want to know, and that's the driving. Uh, is there some special preparation that's needed? Because the volunteers probably go, wow, what happens if there's an accident? What happens if somebody's hurt? Uh, am I liable? How do you handle that?
1: Yeah, great question. And as part of the application process for us, we are required to card. This is interesting. I mean, we're carding 55 years of age and older, but we have to card um, and be able to see a driver's license passport or something that verifies the age. But in addition to that requirement, uh, we also um, require for a current driver's license and their insurance information to be provided as part of the application process because there is supplemental insurance. is um, VP uh, Northern Virginia and all RSVP and AmeriCorps programs require that we have certain supplemental insurance that can support um it is secondary insurance. um but uh, certainly, uh, you know the the liability if if there is an accident, certainly somebody's Uh, initial and primary insurance is going to help uh, to provide for that coverage, but we have that secondary. And a lot of our organizations that uh, need volunteer drivers also have insurance policies in place uh, to help protect and to provide liability coverage um, for that type of service.
0: Is it also possible, I hate to think of this, but I, you know, nowadays you do worry about older adults getting taken advantage of, is there any kind of a vetting process to be sure that someone who ostensibly wants to volunteer is not intent on taking advantage of the people that they're working with? How do you make sure that that doesn't happen?
1: That's very important, and I'm glad you brought that up. The RSVP AmeriCorps program that we have does not require that we do background checks at our level. So if you're part of a national um, foster grandparent program or the senior companion program, there is a background check that's done immediately as you join the the AmeriCorps program. But for RSVP programs, we don't. But what happens then is when we refer the volunteer out, so there is some vetting that happens through our program. Then once we refer the volunteer out to the organization, then that organization has these different criteria. And most of the organizations, that are uh, providing types of services for vulnerable types of populations, be that both older adults or those with special needs or children, are requiring background checks. And, and sometimes it's multiple background checks that are required so that there is a sense of comfort by both the organization and by both the uh, the client and feeling like this is a safe place for them to be in in having those services provided to them. So safety is key and one that we have to continually uh, to be uh, aware of and be thinking about. And, and if a client ever uh, expresses any type of concern, they need to report that. Anybody needs to report anything that just doesn't feel quite right so that we can keep all of these populations safe.
0: And that response is a good segue into one other question I just wanted to uh, ask you about, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, about if the match between an organization and a volunteer just isn't working, it's just not compatible, how do you handle that?
1: A lot of our volunteers really are drawn to us because of that matchmaking networking so that we then take that responsibility. So if we um, have recruited a volunteer and we've uh, talked to them, because that the process for us is the recruitment, and then we have lengthy conversations with a volunteer to find out all about them, and then we begin to give them options. Where are places in the community that might be good options for you to serve? And so once we uh, have those conversations and then they begin to go through the process of determining what works for them, they connect, they go through the whole orientation, the training process, any of the required criteria that the organization has established, and then they begin their volunteer service. And, you know, it's hopeful from our perspective and the organization's perspective that things go well, but sometimes they don't for whatever reason, it can just be uh, a difference of um, understanding of uh you know the, through the orientation and training process it can be that you know the 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 volunteer didn't really know what they were getting themselves into um, completely and so there's is, there's is a disconnect there it could be that the organization may be going through a period of um, challenge or strain and is not able maybe to provide the type of a support system that that volunteer needs and so lots of reasons why it might not go well. And when it doesn't, we step in. First thing we're going to do, obviously, is have a conversation with the nonprofit and say, hey, you know, we've got feedback that this isn't going well. So any way that we can uh, help to nurture the relationship and um, kind of be a mediator through the process, we're going to do that. But there there might come a time when it just doesn't work for either of the parties. And so it's, it's a time when we need to kind of dissolve that relationship. So we're going to be there with the volunteer through that whole process, talking to the coordinators and whomever that we need to do at that at that organization to make sure that it doesn't become an issue. It doesn't become a problem for the volunteer or the organization because we want both our partner volunteer stations and our volunteers to um, have a good experience. But we're going to be there uh, working through and holding the hand of the volunteer through that process. And then the goal, obviously, is to then reassess Are you still interested in volunteering? And if you are, here are some other organizations and let's learn from that. What didn't go well? Why do we think that didn't go well? And then let's kind of apply our knowledge to the next opportunity that is available for the volunteer and then reconnect them. And we can keep doing that. We can keep doing that as often as need be um, until we find the right and the perfect match, if you will, for our volunteers.
0: I wanted to spend the rest of the, this interview talking about AmeriCorps Seniors, because you've mentioned that before and the relationship between RSVP programs and AmeriCorps Seniors. And that's obviously a bigger organization. So let's talk about that. First of all, explain to our listeners what AmeriCorps Seniors is, what is its mission. And I even in preparing the questions, I noticed about something called National Service, Uh, Explain to us what that means, uh, and are older adults able to engage in national service by volunteering in AmeriCorps Seniors? What do we need to know?
1: AmeriCorps Seniors, um, it actually was established in 1971, and it's really now the largest senior volunteer program in the nation. So when you talk about this national service, it is a way by which nationally that volunteers can connect to a program that is a well-established, vetted program that they can uh, kind of be assured that there are certain standards, regulations that are being followed and a consistent program for that. You know, AmeriCorps sees service really as the cornerstone of national culture. Their mission is very simple. It's to improve lives and to strengthen communities. And so that's what AmeriCorps is about. Um, That's really the the organization in itself. Many people have heard of AmeriCorps not necessarily around RSVP and the, the senior grandparent program and senior companion program or Foster Grandparent Program. Uh, but they've heard of it through VISTA, which is Volunteers in Service to America. That seems to be when um, when we talk about uh, with our new volunteers that we're recruiting that we're an AmeriCorps program. They're like, I've heard of AmeriCorps. And then we start digging a little bit further and they knew of somebody, probably a younger adult, that was connected um, to this uh, VISTA program. And there's also a program that's called the National Civilization. Civilian Community Corps. And so, you know, uh, this RSVP program was kind of established uh, as part of the Older Americans Act in 1965. RSVP has been around since 1969. So these national programs are throughout the nation and volunteers um, and retirees or seniors can simply just Uh, search for those. Um, There's a pathfinder that uh, they can go to through americorps.gov that uh, you can put in your zip code and uh, nationally it will help search for organizations um, that are in your area or these types of programs that are in those um, specific areas.
0: Since we talked a little bit, or you talked a little bit about the national service, uh, one thing that I noticed is, is that volunteer work by older adults can contribute to solving community problems and address social issues. What does that mean? That sounds like much bigger than going and tutoring in a local school. Can you give us some examples of community problems and addressing social issues that uh, older adults might be getting involved with in around in our area as well as around the country?
1: Yes. And AmeriCorps, that's why it's it's very interesting to be connected to AmeriCorps senior at that level because they require all the grantees to actually identify community needs um, that can be met. And so each program uh, and and each of these uh, um, these volunteer kind of service uh, uh, programs and organizations that we have. We're looking at what are the needs in the community. We're assessing that. Is hunger a need? If hunger is a need, then how are we going to use RSVP or AmeriCorps senior volunteers to address that If if there's an unmet need where we see that there is value in having children being tutored, and you mentioned that one, and mentored, it's more than just, okay we're going to connect an older adult to somebody, a, a younger student. There are there are goals in that. There are goals of what that child um, wants to and needs to accomplish as part of their schooling. And there's goals for the senior as to how they are going to help that child meet those goals. Um, so it, it's it's very regulated in that kind of way. But it's a wonderful process because um, some of our listeners may have heard of uh, theory of change process process. And so uh, our the grantees through AmeriCorps are encouraged to go through this process where we're we're really honing in on what are needs in the community. And we're looking at all kinds of statistical data uh, that we use to find that. We're looking at census data when we do that. We're looking at economic data. So we look at all that information and then we begin to kind of pull back and see what what are the problems around that? What are the challenges that the community is having around that again we were talking about transportation older adults in Northern Virginia it's it's traffic is horrendous and trying to move around and get around especially if you're an older adult may be very difficult so how do we how do we implement um, volunteers and meeting real needs um, and having real impact on the community so yes um, that's where you know our volunteers are solving these community needs because because they are really impacting uh, these areas by which uh, if volunteers weren't doing that, nobody would be doing that because organizations don't have the financial means by which to hire the persons necessarily to do these frontline kinds of jobs. They have the persons and the and the, the, the um, ability to hire persons to organize some volunteers to do that, but they, they can't do that themselves. So it really is about a few persons in each of these organizations doing great um, work and really having sin- significant impact um, throughout their communities.
0: And I would ask again, similarly to when we were talking about RSVP, if an if, uh, older adult is interested in volunteering with AmeriCorps uh, Senior to address or to help out with some of these problems again, what what is the process? Is there a time commitment? And since these seem to be a little bit more sophisticated, is there training provided uh, before beginning service and during service? Uh, What could they expect if they decide that they're going to volunteer with AmeriCorps Senior?
1: First off, and I'm going to send the the, the listeners to uh, AmeriCorps.gov to find the opportunities, and I'm going to send the listeners in the Northern Virginia area to our RSVP, Nova, so it's RSVPNOVA.org dot um, org to be able to learn about the um, the the program, the RSVP program in the Northern Virginia area. But you know, the volunteers can expect to again go through this onboarding process that's very personal. Um, and very much of a matchmaking to make sure that we understand your preferences, understand your why, and then help to coordinate you to a a local organization that might um, need the service that you're able to provide. And there is orientation, yet we're taking our volunteers through an orientation process. But once the volunteer gets connected to the organization, it's very important for them to learn about that organization. So there's always an orientation process that happens at the organization. And then there's training, training specific to the job or the task that they're going to do. So there are volunteer positions. Actually, uh, we require that there be job descriptions, like when you're working um, in, in employment, that there are job descriptions at these organizations. So they can expect to be given that job description, to know exactly what it is that is expected of them, and to receive the training that they need in order to be successful at that job. And then there are opportunities through our organization for ongoing um, uh, training. Uh, we have what is called a Be Better's" series where we're looking at how can our volunteers be better um, at um, doing their jobs and being better at engaging with the, the type of clientele. Maybe they're working with those with cognitive challenges. And so how do we help our volunteers uh, have the training and the skills that they need to be able to do that? Because that may not have been and something that they've done throughout their lifetime. So we want to make sure that they have the tools um, in their toolbox to pull out um, as they need to to be successful in that. And, you know, the organization also provides ongoing training for them. Um, with RSVP, there is not a specific number of hours requirement training, but I'll give you an example. If if a volunteer were to connect to the senior companion program through AmeriCorps that I'm talking about, they would have 20 hours of in-service before being placed into their position, and then they would have 20 hours of service annually, um, that they would be getting uh, all different kinds of training that they are required to do. So there's there's a high level of commitment to the volunteer um, to make sure that they're given uh, the resources and the tools that they need to be successful.
0: So important to, if they're going to be volunteering. So final question, Stacy. Again, tell our listeners how they can learn more about RSVP Northern Virginia and AmeriCorps Seniors and any final comments.
1: Yes. Uh, AmeriCorps Seniors at the broad level, um, AmeriCorps.gov. And that AmeriCorps, um, C-O-R-P-S, make sure you put that S on the end, so AmeriCorps.gov. Locally, our um, website is RSVPNOVA, so RSVPNOVA.org. I'm also going to provide a phone number, um, 703 seven zero three four zero three 403 5360 would get directly to our program. So we are very um, excited to work with adults, again, 55 years of age and better. We like to say that are interested in volunteering and serving in some way in the community. Um, so uh, happy to, to engage with you in that kind of way. And just as parting words, you know, I I had the pleasure actually, um, I live in the Winchester, Virginia area and I serve on a local board at a food pantry. And um, our executive director at this food pantry, where I serve on a regular basis in the evenings helping um, distribute food, talks about that everyone deserves to eat, and it's all about treating everybody with dignity and respect. And um, I'm going to leave with a quote that uh, Rosalind Carter, who just recently died, she said that without volunteers, we'd be a nation without a soul. And I think that's so true. And yesterday, um, and and at a lot of different volunteer opportunities, we had this little boy that came running out of the, the projects that he was working on with his mom's um, hand, and he said, wow, he said, this was the best day ever. And I think if we can impart that to those young adults, we don't know what value that will have for a lifetime of volunteerism and a lifetime of service. So... Thank you, Cheryl, for the opportunity today to be with you.
0: Okay. Well, I want to thank Stacy Iden, Program Manager with RSVP Northern Virginia, for joining me today. And if you want to learn about Aging Matters, you can visit our website, which is agingmattersonline.com. And, of course, at this site, you can access all Aging Matters radio shows, the podcasts, and the TV show episodes, in addition to listening to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Aging Matters is produced in association with Steve Flack Audio you can learn more about that organization at steveflackaudio.com. Thank you for listening to Aging Matters today. And remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week.